Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksurumbalatamyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bistam Stapitamyena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vancha Kopa Turupyascha Kripa Sindhu Bayevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Shivasade Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 So greetings from the Super Soul Farm and uh, the class is a little bit different today because I'm speaking simultaneously to two different audiences and I have to create one audience because there's a point of any type of speaking or performance, you have to create one mind. So, and also I'm speaking to people who are taking breakfast. So Raghunath asked me to speak and I thought, what would I speak on? Because I didn't really know I just thought a lot of people moving around and I'm trying to get something over their heads. It's a little bit better than I thought. Um, so I thought that I would tell a, a story that no matter what the audience was doing, uh, I would still be able to hold their interest and I would still be able also to actually speak it. Now, you've heard this story, the people that are here, at least 80% or 90% of them several times. It's the story of when I was kidnapped, but it's such a good story that I don't think you'd mind hearing it again. And I will only uh, give, speak here for eight, till 8.30 and then I'll continue my regular class and we'll, we'll do the Chaitanya Charitamrita of the Lord's ecstatic dancing at the Rathiatra because the New York Rathiatra is coming up. But I, I, I can't help but say some introduction. It's just so nice being here. They have a savor retreat. And uh, I, there's about 20, 30 people here. And uh, it's a real joy. And it's a real joy because Everyone here is with a common interest. And when you have a common interest, what you're able to do, spiritual life means overcoming the internet. Anyway, I'm gonna just go into the story, but community is a very, very beautiful thing because it allows you to hang your false ego at the door and unite in a common interest. And that opens the heart to God and you can actually experience it even more deeply. That's why the kirtans are so good. 
And that's why one of our scholars said that Sankirtan is better than Kirtan. Doing it together is better than doing it alone. And he says it gives special feelings of bliss because shared bliss is higher than individual bliss. Because shared bliss and those who are really know how to do kirtan, it's not about a, a particular person. It's a group effort. Even Bhaktivinoda Thakur, a great scholar, he described, there's a famous verse about kirtan that says, Trinata P, it, it, that you should chant more humble than a blade of grass. And he gives the example of a lawn. You have a beautiful lawn in front of your house and has different blades of grass. No individual blade of grass says, look at me. It's a common effect. And those who really know how to do kirtan, it's a common effect. It's not about them. And that's called prem kirtan. It allows love to come into the heart. And you feel it in the, 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 the kirtan of the speaker. And the audience also feels it more deeply. And that's what I think is happening here. It's, it, it's, it's wonderful. And, and seva, service, you know, is such a blessing. It's actually a blessing to get have service because it's a one 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 uh, um, by Sheshika Prabhu, one of my god brothers. He said something so nice. He 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 said when you ever in anxiety, and he quoted some motivational speaker. He said whenever you're in anxiety, one thing you can do to get out of it is find someone to serve, just to get out of the center because that's where all your anxiety is. And I think that's why it's just so, the mood is just so beautiful here. The mood of, of Savis, that's, it's auspicious. Uh, anyway, I can go off on that, but I'll tell the story and I only have a sh short amount of time. So I met the Krishna devotees in 1970 in California on a pilgrimage that wasn't spiritual. And I was coming from college and I went with my friends. I met the devotees that Raghunath asked me how, you know, how did you, you know, come to, how did you enjoy, how did you get that? It, it's something's implanted in your heart and it's an experience and a conception. It's an experience of some kind of joy that makes you understand that this is actually the goal because it's so much higher than anything sensual or egotistical, which are the two kind of pleasures in the material world. And you, that's what your faith is. Your faith, no pictures here for me. Okay. Your faith is what you trust gives you happiness. You can say, oh, I have faith in Krishna. But if you're this, you like this all day, that's your faith. <laughs> faith is not in Krishna, it's, it's in, this will give me happiness, the amount of likes I get, you know, whatever it is. So you get that faith and it stays deeply in your heart that this is the goal. So that happened to me, but because of the kind of family I came to and, and you know, affection, especially my father and things like that, I kind of, it took, it took me four years before I could join. And, and those days, it wasn't like today. In those days, it was like this. There's a line. And on one side of the line are shaved heads, 
Dodis, Saris, and Tilak. That's where the devotee was. And then the other side of the line is you're not a devotee. It didn't matter what you were doing. That way you, you want to be a Krishna devotee, you step over that line. And that was such a heavy choice. So it took me many years, but then somehow or other, I was in a temple and Prabhupada gave me a rasgula. And I bit into the rasgula and all my doubts were gone. Let's face it, that's a, I'm making a very abridged version of this story because I have limited time. And uh, then I decided somehow or other, okay, I'm gonna become a devotee even though I was practicing for four years, but okay, now I'm gonna become a devotee. And, uh, and exactly what, ha what I expected happened, happened. And this is like 74, it's almost like 48 years ago or something. Ballistic. <laughs> especially my Jewish mother. <laughs> but, and the disappointment and, and my parents were so, so upset, but, you know, somehow, you know, I had that, that, that faith that this, this is what I was going to do. So I was, I joined in, in, in Dallas, Texas. I wasn't going to join in New York City. There's a whole story why that happened. Oh, so nice to see you today. <laughs> it's such a nice mood here. So many devotees, children, dogs. So I was one day and it was a school. They still have that temple there. If any of you ever go to Dallas, it's an incredible spiritual community. And I was working so hard from morning to evening and then I, then I was just taking a break and sitting in the hallway and I see my father at the door. And my father comes in and I had like a lot of respect, a lot of affection for my father. And you know, he worked very, very hard and I also had a lot of empathy for him. And he came in, I said, oh, well, yeah, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm feeling very, very sick. Is, is, is there a pharmacist or a doctor nearby? I said, sure. He said, I have my car outside. So I get in his car and I say, the pharmacy's there, the pharmacy's there, the pharmacy's there. And he turns around the corner and the door opens up and Goose is here. <laughs> what's that? What's the name of that? Gus. Gus. Okay, I'll tell you why. No, because the guy that sat next to me in that car, like the door opened up, this guy got in, his name was Goose. And he was, I, I can have the written things. He was six foot five, was wearing all black. Um, he got into your car? My yeah, the car my father like I, I, my father's driving, and then I'm sitting in the front next to my father. And this guy comes in. I'm in the middle, and then my uncle sits in the back, and my uncle 
was a very, very wealthy man. He was, he was a financier and he, he, some of his accounts were Bernard Baruch estates. That may not mean anything to you, but it's a big thing. And he was the agent for Alexander Solzhenitsyn, this famous author. And, and anyway, they get in and then they start driving me and they get off the highway and there's a hotel that somehow or other, it's very long, but it just goes way, way back into the woods. And they drive around the car and then they open the door and I try to escape and there's kind of like a scuffle. And then my intelligence actually told me that they actually left a little bit space to kind of get me excited. But anyway, they, they, they take me upstairs into this room and uh, they start to kind of work on me with techniques of brainwashing that they've got from the, the Chinese that they did to the Americans during the Korean War. So they were doing the, these psychological techniques. So they, 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 and they would start really slow and nice, good cop, bad cop. And then, um, but you know, I, I have to say also the problem when I draw, when, when you get a truth that's very, very strong, it's rarely balanced at the beginning. The whole process of Krishna consciousness is actually is our metaphysical knowledge is called sambandagyan, knowledge of relationship. And one thing that when, when you study, you get knowledge of relationship of one truth to the other. What's the truth of, of renunciation? What's the truth of attachment? At the beginning of the Hare Krishna movement, because people were coming from the hippie scene and Prabhupada had to preach very strongly, they got the misconception that in our movement, Renunciation is this big and attachment is this big. So what happened? Women, the object of attachment become kind of marginalized. Life becomes marginalized. It wasn't balanced, but it, it's almost natural when you get a truth and you're young. It's a truth. It's a realization. It hits you. You know, it's true, but you can't balance it. So you can imagine the dichotomy between me and my parents I had no ability to communicate something. They had no ability to understand something. It was disaster. So I never blame them. You know, I never blame them. You know, it's like a Hare Krishna comes home to his mother and she says, my son, and then you preach the philosophy. <laughs> you know, you're not my mother and I'm not your son. <laughs> I've, had, I've had many, many mothers. Which one are you? I mean, <laughs> we can quote from Bhagavatam. And it, it, so it was that problem that was there. But anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and they're trying to really work on me. And, and, and they're saying all kinds of horrible things. So what do I do as a, as a fired up Hare Krishna? I'm sitting in the chair and they're working on me. What am I doing? And then this guy Goose starts kicking the chair. He starts kicking the chair. And he says, every time 
they said, you know, stop it, stop it. He's like, and he turns to my father, he says, every time you talk about sex life, you talk about family, talk about, they go into trance, they go into trance. So every time I would chant Hare Krishna, because they would, at, at the, the goose would say, there was actually another guy there, Ted Patrick, he was the Black Lightning, he was the original deprogrammer, they were working on me. And they say, he's going into trance again. He's going into trance. And they have to stop me from going into trance. And I'm going, hurry, he's going into trance. He's going into trance. So many, many things happened, including they sent one person from uh, that they got out of the children of God to kind of speak to me. And he came into my room to try to convince me that I was doing is wrong, and I converted into Krishna consciousness. <laughs> so they were upset about that one. <laughs> so then, so then, what happened was, um, yeah, when they, they they ordered their McDonald's meal and ate before me and thought I was hungry, that didn't convince me. So then, what happened was. Uh, they worked on me that night. Oh, and then they're so, they take things out of context. So there's, there's one, like, if you take it out of context, there's in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, one of our books is a quote, if, if someone blasphemies the devotee, you can cut out his tongue. And, you know, there's all these heavy statements sometimes, which, which, which have a context. So I actually had studied that book, but... So this guy, Black Lightning, comes to me. He says, it says in your nectar of devotion that if someone blasphemies your guru, you got to kill him. And then he starts cursing out Prabhupada. And then he takes out my button of Prabhupada and he puts it on the floor and he squashes it with his foot. And then he said, now you're going to kill yourself? You're going to kill yourself? You see how they work with your mind? It says in your nectar of devotion, page 19, that is someone, you got to kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. Now, I knew the context. And I knew what it said. And I knew that the option was actually just supposed to walk away. So I had that option. So I said, well, I'm just getting out of here. And then the next morning, I went to sleep. And I got up really early. And they had this guy, Goose, in the bed next to me. And I got up really early. And what did I do? Because I was so, you know, we, was, we were crazy, but we were fired up. <laughs> we had that passion. We were like, so what did I do? I got up in the morning and I began to chant on my fingers. I did the whole morning program in my head. I put on tila with water. And I was so enlivened in Krishna consciousness. And I got up and this guy, Goose, didn't get up till about five or six hours after me. And then when he got up, he put me by the window. And he started, they started to play tapes. And, you know, they had all the dirt and all, they had so many things to work your mind and create doubts. And, you know, they were professionals. This. They even had one philosophical tape they had you know it's kind of like a, a 
a right-wing globalist, you know, and Prabhupada was part of it, that they would send the gurus in. So it, was that it went something like this. In 1956, Calcutta businessman, Abhi Charande, you know, and then they have one thing after another and, and the people, would, and it was going on. And I literally would not talk to them. I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't relate to them at all. No reaction from me at all. So this went on all day. And then this was a real Krishna miracle, a real super soul, super soul experience, because we know in the Bhagavad Gita, if the senses are con cr controlled, the super soul is at reach, that God is always speaking to you in the heart, but you can hear God because you're absorbed in something else. Just like if I say, you know, the sounds in the kitchen, now you may hear them, but it's not, it, in other words, you, you, to hear something, your consciousness has to be focused on it. And it's described in Svetashvatara Upanishads, it's like two birds on a tree. One bird is eating the fruits of happiness and distress, that's us. The other one is witnessing. And the witnessing one is the super soul. So God is in the heart. When you stop doing this and you control the senses, you will hear God. God is in the heart. He's always speaking. We don't hear God because our consciousness is absorbed someplace else. So you control the senses. You hear God. So I hadn't eaten anything. I hadn't drunk anything. I hadn't spoken anything. My senses were like completely controlled. And about four o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon, I really decided, look, I want to get out of here. And I began to pray to the deities, Sisi Radha Kalachandri in that temple. And then I heard God in the heart speak to me, say that if you want to get out, if you want to get out, then do this, do this, do this, do this. I heard it in my heart and I began to execute the plan. And the plan that God gave me was that um, they thought I was in trance, right? They thought I was like in, in, a, in a hypnotic trance in a cult. And that, um, you know, they wanted me to break out of it. And that I should fake that I'm breaking out of the trance. That was the first part. So I was sitting there. I hadn't spoken to them for a while. And they were making me listen to these tapes. And I said, can I have a pen and paper? And then like slowly I started taking notes. So can I have another thing? Can I see this? And... Um, then the second part of the thing that God told me is that this guy, Ted Patrick, Black Lightning, had an inferiority complex. <laughs> and that 
one of the things my father told him, here is my son, look what happened to him. You know, he was in college and he was this, you know, whatever, he gave the whole thing, Jewish, intellectual, and my son, and this. And, and then I, I, I was there for about, about some time. And then I said, can I speak to Ted? And then Ted came in. And I started asking him questions. So he kind of became like my guru. So this was like his dream in life. So, uh, and I, I started asking him questions about their whole view. And then after about a half hour asking Ted questions, I just broke down. Get my father. I broken out of trance. And then Ted Patrick came in and I said to my father, Ted's quite a philosopher. I, I majored in philosophy, so I, I said, Ted's quite a philosopher. And that guy's like, so then they were going to send me home to New York. But before they did that, they took me to a notary public. And the notary public, the notary public made me sign a paper that I'm in a dangerous cult that teaches one to kill their parents. And if I ever again go into trance, I should put, be put back into the conservatorship of my parents. And I had to sign the paper. So then I'm going home and I go back, I live in Brooklyn and it's the middle of the winter, but I said, you know, I'm going to, cause I've only been a devotee for like six months or I know a lot of people here. I'm going to escape in the middle of the night and just go out. I don't care if it's the winter and find one of my friends. So I get up. I get up and I leave the room, but there was such professionals that somehow or other I was done that when the door opened up, the light would shine into Goose's eyes, who is right there. And, he woke up and followed me and I just, just went right into the bathroom and then came back. Then they took me to my grandmother's house and uh, to see her. Did you program which went back to, you, to Brooklyn with you? Just Goose. Just Goose. Okay. Goose. I, I, have, I have a description of them in one of my books. It, it's from their book, Six Five, you know, Killer, you know, and... And I went to my grandmother's house and I looked for something to steal. And I found one subway token and I put it in my underwear. But now here was a problem. I didn't have any devotional, I didn't have any ordinary clothes. So my parents, the only clothes that they had for me and they had to take me to a shopping center to get new clothes. The only clothes I had was somehow these jeans that were baggy before they were in style. My brother's football jacket, you know, with the linoleum sleeves and the felt. Mm -hmm. And this is true. It's a winter. And a hat my father got from a Pakistani insurance salesman. <laughs> and I never can figure this out. So... Um, so what happens is 
they take me to this place called King's Plaza that he'd been in Brooklyn. It's the biggest, you know, thing. And they go in and I hate shopping. Even when I'm in Vrindavan, you go, to the, I, I hate shopping. And, but anyway, I saw one time that this devotee had this nice winter coat. So I had this attachment. So let me get a good winter coat. So I got this nice winter coat and they put it in these, and you know, regular clothes and they put in these cardboard little suitcases. And we're, we're about to walk out of there. And this guy Goose says, I need to go to the bank to change some money. I said, I, I was like agitated. Let's get out of here. Like, then I thought, yeah, let him go to the bank. Let him go to the bank. And Goose goes into the bank. And I start running. And I run out the door. And I turn right. And my father starts to run and chase me and say, stop him, stop him, stop him. But I was so foolish and maybe attached that I was still carrying the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the winter coat. So it looked like I was stealing it. <laughs> so I, I ran and then I saw a bus and I jumped on the bus and then I started looking for that token. And then for the first time in history, the citizens of New York became civic. <laughs> it's so unusual because I don't know if any, anybody ever hear of Kitty Genovese? It's a famous, this lady got shot in New York when I grew up and she, you know, killed and everything. There were 18 witnesses from the apartment buildings and no one did anything. It was just famous. So generally New Yorkers, they don't become alarmed at anything. So I went into the, and the citizens of New York apprehended me. And they said, let's get the police. And the police were on the corner. Now this was like a, a big intersection and the police were there. And then I said, yeah, well, let's, let's get the police. So the police come and uh, I may have to do, I may need 15 minutes more or. Uh, oh. Oh, I could speak softer. She can speak louder. Tell her to speak louder. It won't bother me. Well, you figure out what to do, whatever you want to do. I won't be bothered. You want to hear the rest? Uh, I'll speak softer and she can speak louder. Uh, she, what, what do you want to do? What? Five more minutes? Okay. You'll miss the best part of the story, but I'll go five more minutes. So the, the police come and somehow there's something about New Yorkers. This is like 40, 50 years ago. She's just gonna go in your room. So okay. shut the doors and you can have as much time as you need. Well, well, okay. Oh, sorry about that, Bobby, but just use my room. Okay. 
Maharaj, the, t- the yeah, no, no, it's okay. No, the top of your face was cut off, so it's okay. Thank you. Thank you, girl. I'm glad you want to see the full face. Yes. <laughs> we love this story, Maharaj, no matter how many times we hear it. Love this story. <laughs> so we're only going to be able to tell part one now. But part two is, but anyway, so what happens is, is that the policeman comes and there's four policemen. I don't even remember one of them. His name is Louis Tazzy. His name is Tazzy because his, he, and when I read that Tazzy, his, his younger brother was the only one in my school that was it that was for the Vietnam War. <laughs> used to call us commies. <laughs> so I just some got, anyway, so what happened was, is that the, um, the policeman asked me, how old are you, son? You know, my father starts complaining and everything. He said, how old are you, son? Um, I say 24. The policeman says to my father, he's 24 years old. You can't keep him. And uh, my father says, you don't understand. I have a paper he, he signed by a notary public that says he's crazy. And the policeman looks at my father and said, if he's crazy, what's the use of the paper he signed? (laughs) (laughs) Then my father says, no, but I can prove it. There's a man in the bank from the Citizens for Freedom that will attest to this. And I said, yeah, go get Goose. And my father said, yes, Goose is in the bank. And the policeman go, Goose. <laughs> goose. So they, they say to my father, the only way you can keep him is you have to make a report and, and to commit him to a mental hospital. And he can be evaluated by a psychiatrist if you think he's crazy. So they handcuff me. And they bring me into the police station. And then the real story begins. <laughs> but say what we can, <laughs> so we'll stop here. What? What do you want me to do? Five minutes, part two, or just go to say what we can do? Yeah, whatever. We'll make the lunch. What? What's that? Part two for lunch. Part two for lunch? Okay, that's good. Whatever you want. The good story? But the best is to come, I guarantee you. <laughs> the second part is un- the, 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 the mental hospital and the escape and the, it's, it's amazing. Okay, during lunch, like after lunch. Okay, do your seva. Yeah, but then what about us?
I told this story so many times, but for you guys, I'll tell it again, if you, you really insist. I think he gets sick of it, but he never gets sick of this story, huh, Gail? <laughs> no. Well, he either has, but he loves this story. Next Sunday, part two. Well, I can tell it now. What do you guys think? Should I continue the story? Yes. Ever yes, I'm a yes. We're a <laughs> Okay. Everybody go for save a week. <laughs> All right. Here. Party's over, Savites. Kings County, Kings County Hospital. I think uh, Jeff Eisenberg, Chris, uh, they all look like gooses themselves. <laughs> okay. 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 You know, even I recently told this story, but the, the reason I the reason I told this um, okay the reason I told this story you can sit here if you want sure the reason I told this story is because Raghunath said hey why don't you give a class to the people but it's the saver it's the saver weekend and they rush so they, they can only do it during this food and I thought when people are eating what kind of class so I thought, like, what kind of class can I give? You know, because communication is so difficult. And if people are distracted, but they're pretty organized and they just had everybody kind of sitting here before me. So I, I was able to give class, but I, I'll tell the story. But with you, I could do it more. Um, yeah, I, here I'm more, it was more drama for these people, but the um, you know, really interesting part, if I can even comment even philosophically on it, well, just, you know, communication. I, I think one thing is passion. You know, it, 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 it you get a truth, it becomes such a reality to you, but it, it takes maturity to balance those truths. And I think it, it, it's a fact, in, in, and that's what that's sambund again, metaphysical knowledge, when you study the books from different angles, then the sizes of truths, like in the beginning of the Hare Krishna movement, the truth of, of, of renunciation became so extended, it became such a passion because you had people coming from the hippie world, you know, who were so in, 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 infused in material, you know, sex life and drugs and, and, and Prabhupada couldn't even trust them to be out in the world and he brought them into the temples. And, you know, he had a preacher, not the body. And, and that aspect became so strong. And, and, and most people were not qualified at the beginning it wasn't married, you know, people would come, brahmacharis, brahmacharinis. It became so overextended. And then it becomes balanced one way or another. Same thing with preaching and sadhana, you know, or, or so many aspects of, of life. Um, and, you know, particularly my pet peeve today is that people have become so tribal that there's no, there's no dialogue. Everybody becomes an enemy. 
when there's actually, you know, on either side, people have truths and you have to discuss them. And then you maybe come out to something balanced or something compromised. But um, so I, I kind of put a lot of the fault on myself and people are hearing this. You, you have to understand the, 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 it wasn't the internet. Um, I don't know if you, you know, if, if I was in college and I would call from Binghamton to New York City, you practically couldn't call anybody that wasn't local because AT&T had a monopoly. So I, it was a fortune to make a phone call. It was like, if you wanted to call New York to New Jersey, it was like, you know, dollar 25 the first minute and 50 cents, you know, minutes. So there was just no communication. But anyway, to continue that story, when I got to the, um, it's a different audience now. These were, you know, when I got to that police station, I don't like to do the drama. I did the drama for them. I like to be more philosophical, but still, when I got to that police station and then uh, my mother came in and saw me handcuffed and she fainted. And then they, they brought me down the steps. You know, you see those scenes where the criminal comes down the steps with the cops and they put me in the police station uh, they put police car and they drive me to the, um, you guys heard this already. So I don't know if just saying it again, I'm going to do it quickly. And then going to the, um, the mental hospital, which is you, you go in on the kind of the ground floor of the basement and just the way I looked and, and I'm going to, I'm just going to make the story short now is, um, it's just, I can see it's a different audience for them. I, I, you, I just want to speak philosophy <laughs> and uh, just being in there, so many crazy people and they interviewed my parents, you know, the famous story. And then they were so passionate and then they interviewed me and, uh, and Rati found that quote for me and, and, and right from Prabhupada's book, I read it in the morning and the psychiatrist asked me if I was hallucinating and uh, I quoted from Prabhupada's book and, and, and he just said some, I said, just like a, because he saw me chanting on my fingers and, and talking to myself and I was dressed so strangely because I didn't have real clothes yet even for the Western clothes and um, just that Prabhupada's purport was just so powerful that even the psychiatrist was so affected by it. I said, so lucidly, I was empowered. I said, no, I'm not hallucinating, but it can't be said I'm seeing the same thing as you, just like a rose. When you're a theistic person, you see that as God's energy and meant for his service. When you're not theistic, you see it as separate from God and meant for your own enjoyment. I said, so although I'm not hallucinating, it can't be said I'm saying the same things as you. And his jaw dropped. And he said, that's very intelligent. I think your parents are crazy. And then he released me and then these people came from the Brooklyn Temple. I met one of them after 50 years, 45 years, Gopesh. And uh, anyway, I, I, I think 
I think that's basically, you all, you all heard that story. So now I only have 48, uh, 13 more minutes. I was in a little bit of a bind today because that was the only time I could give the class. And uh, I don't even like giving it actually, honestly speaking. <laughs> but I was in a bind because I didn't, you know, the, I envisioned that all these people would be eating and I'd have to do something dynamic, a song and a dance and interesting. And I thought that was so interesting. So I kind of gave it. But I, I, I will say something about, you know, the beauty of, 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 of community and, uh, you know, service. People really like Seva. And it's amazing. This is a pretty big property. There's so much work to do and so many people building things and painting, you know, the house. And, and it's just, um, you know, there's three buildings, there's 10 acres, there's, I mean, there's, there's so many things to do. And seeing all these people working so hard and there's so much pleasure in it because they're not doing it for money. He's not charging, they're staying here. Um, that's Seva, you know, that's Seva. And, and that's what's auspicious in life, even though it's counterintuitive to the material condition. And these are real earth people. They're, you know, they're from upstate and mostly, and, uh, you know, they're just working hard. And then great prasadam, Damodal Priya's cooking prasadam and kirtan at night. Last night, it was beautiful. And uh, I, I, my realization, like the looking through the Shastra, is what this community does. And, and why when I have festivals or retreats, I always try to have community. Community is so important in Krishna consciousness because all problems are false ego. Like I tell that story when that lady was dying who was very advanced and the doctor came in and felt their pulse and said, material life is finished. You have one hour to live. And I thought, what does she mean? He meant material life is the false ego, the desire to be the controller and the enjoyer, which, which, connects the, 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 which connects the soul to the body. And when you are free from that, you no longer experience the vikara, the transformations in the body. It's just like the child who has the pot of water and the water, the, the, the moon is reflected in the water. The child wants the moon and the mother gives him the pot of water. So the moon is reflected in the water and the child thinks he has the moon, but then he can't hold it and it begins to shake. And the child thinks the moon is moving. The moon is not moving. But because they're thinking that the moon is that water, rather than understanding it's the reflection of the moon, the child suffers the fear. So in the same sense, as the body is moving, because we are thinking we're the body, we experience, 
because we think the body is the self, we experience the transformation of the self. And therefore, actually, ultimately, all suffering is just a material conception. So the whole spiritual life and all suffering is based on this conception. I'm the controller and I'm the enjoyer. And what community does is it gives a common interest rather than a self-interest. And it's a relief. And that's why I mentioned that Bhakti Sandarbha says, Sankirtan is better than Kirtan. Why is Sankirtan better than Kirtan? It gives special feelings of bliss. And why does it give special feelings of bliss? There are several reasons, but one of the main reasons is when you become absorbed in a group activity with the conception and goal beyond your own self-interest to a common interest, it helps you to overcome the limited concept of I, which is like an umbrella covering your head to the, to the light of the sun or something. So I can see that. And, and that's why I, I, the, the cowherd boys, when they, they were begging food from the Brahmins, they said, Bhadram Tay, this is auspicious. This is auspicious. This is the most auspicious thing. Service. So I, I see how it works. These people are very appreciative. They identify with the project. Um, and uh, they just love to work. It's more of an ethic, I think, where people live in a, a way from the cities. They just love to work. They love it. They love driving tractors. They love painting things. They love cleaning things. They love moving things. They love the spirit of camaraderie. And then kirtan just comes into the heart so powerfully. So it's great here. And, and just walking around and, and just meeting the people and people that I've known. So uh, it's a great concept. It's a great concept. So. Um, and they're preparing it for a retreat with Sachinandana Swami. So they, they, you know, and then for the summer and all the retreats. And, uh, and it's great because not everybody can afford the retreat, but this is for free. And uh, they just love it. And, and, and therefore the, the concept um, of shared bliss, being better than individual bliss. Um, and, and especially because bhakti is petition. We're petitioning grace. And group petition is better than individual petition. Anyway, I, I just don't, I mean, for them, I like giving it for you. I don't really like doing it. It's just, it's not my vow anymore. Okay, I think Jamuna Jaya had to go. It seems like people did enjoy it. Anybody like to, Jamuna Jaya, are you there still or you had to go?
Okay, anybody like to uh, make a comment or a question? Hari right. Krishna Maharaj. Hari Das, Hari Bo. You know, I really uh, liked the earlier with you, the concepts of the context and the maturity and uh, how can we have the maturity to understand the right context and uh, just really understanding it's just what a miracle Prabhupada did when he could take these raw hippies and he takes them from being hippies, you know, to, to all the way to being gurus. And I mean, being some of the most powerful gurus in the world, you know, Tamal Krishna Goswami, Bhakti Tirta Swami, Yamuna Devi. These people change so many lives. You know, that's powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot. You know, I'm looking back at my life and, I, you know, in one sense, I don't regret, but I wish I had the depth of understanding now I had when, at the beginning. But I think the whole movement was like that. And one of my God brothers said, you know, we were crazy, but we were fired up. And things were done, good and bad, but a lot was done in, in that kind of, you know, the mission of, of Prabhupada to spread Krishna consciousness around the world. It was, uh, yeah, I, even myself, I'm wondering, I can't think if I had, but in one sense, if I knew what I knew now, I don't know if I would have joined either. <laughs> the way it was. You know what I'm saying? Because it was so, it, it was Lord of the Flies, Henley. You know that book, Lord of the Flies, the kids get caught on the, the island and it was Lord of the Flies. And I always remember the, the story that I think uh, Yasodhananda Swami told me, him and Guru Kripa took sannyas when they were 21. 21 years old, they took sannyas. And they decided after reading the Bhagavatam that, you know, one who said, you know, you're supposed to conquer all the philosophy. So they went to South India and I tell this story. They go and they go to the ashram of the Pajra Swami, which are the Madras. And the Madras, they're sannyasis. They only have 14 sannyasis in their movement at a time. They're done by astrology. And they're so trained. And this guy was the most and he challenged them, what are the three aspects of the absolute truth? I mean, they were such kids. Pedro Swamba was just laughing. So, yeah, that's why I tell that, because I don't want to blame my parents, because my ability to communicate this was... <laughs> and the times that we lived in where, you know, you know, things weren't as broad as they were now. Nice comment. Thank you, Hen Haridas. Uh, Haridas. <laughs> I'm only going to call you Haridas. Because that was the name that a very exalted soul gave you. And I have to honor it. Okay, anybody else like to? Uh... Hi, Krishna Maharaj. You yeah. took me, I mean, yes, we've heard the story a few times, but it still took me down a sentimental journey really? because yeah because for one thing king's plaza was the very first mall that i ever went to my my parents took me when i was a little girl so that was oh. very sentimental i i always to this day i remember throwing pennies 
into some kind of indoor pond that they had there. So I always have fond memories of that. And my mother, she worked at the G building of Kings County. So she was probably on duty when you were there. <laughs> and then of course the, the, the topper was um, remembering the Yiddish lessons that your mom gave me at the Vyasa Pujas. You know, I mean, for obvious reasons, she never taught me about Schwarzes, but I did learn about Schlemiel and Schlemazel and a few other things. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that was great for me. You can tell the story a hundred more times. I won't be tired. <laughs> Good, Nick. Balabusta, Meshugana, Shlemiel, I mean, it's unlimited. Gail used to be my mother's best friend, actually. They were so close. <laughs> At the Vyas Puja, she would sit with my mother and they would just infinitely exchange. Right? You liked her sense of humor, huh? Oh, my goodness. If, if, if she let five seconds go without telling a joke, that meant she must have been sick. It was a laugh, a moment. <laughs> I, I, she was I so ready. She was so quick. You know, it was and great. so sweet, though. Most of all, she was just so sweet. <laughs> um. Was, I told you, I'm in this fashion book called Street Unicorns. Me and Madhav is a picture of it. I'm, I was kind of writing a Monday morning greetings, but the way the Monday morning greetings began is, you know, I describe how I, I came in to see my mother the first time with the clothes, and she said, what are these shmatas? Shmata means rag in Yiddish, but it's really, it's is a derogatory term for clothes that are shabby. Mm -hmm. And then I describe how when I matured, and Hari Das were like this, when I was matured, I, I wore like nice pressed clothes or silks, and she would grab the top of my clothes and, you know, if it was like really nice cloth like silk, she said, oh, this is so nice. I really love the color. So that I, I, I wrote in that thing is that she would have been really proud that I was in a fashion music magazine. <laughs> Street unicorns. Oh, anyway. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello? I, I did have a really quick question, though, Maharaj. Yeah. 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 You know, you said that you were never angry with your parents because, you know, you, you didn't have what it took to explain properly at that time. But at that time, you didn't have the perspective to realize, right? That you didn't have no. what it took to. No. Of course not, we were fanatics. Yeah, so, so I can understand you not being angry with I, your parents no, now, no, but at that no, time. I was really angry and I wouldn't speak to them when I escaped. I wouldn't speak to them. But then I came to New York because the story was I was in the Dallas temple. I was a teacher there. And then I went to the office where they have like glass and everybody's there. And there's a letter from Prabhupada. There's a letter from Prabhupada that he's moving the school to India. 
and I'm reading this letter, all of a sudden I'm going to Vrindavan. I had no conception what Vrindavan is. And we're going to Vrindavan. So somehow or other, I had to um, get to New York to collect money because no one told me how the school was closing. So I got arrived at the library party, which was Bhaktatirtha Swami and Mahabudi and different devotees. And I went to New York and I was out on the street collecting and I didn't know what I was doing. One time I almost got arrested. I was in the Port Authority and I was saying, free, free, free. And then when someone would grab it for free, I would say, no, I said, three, three, three. So somebody grabbed it and I said, no, you can't take it, grabbed it. And I kept on grabbing it. And all of a sudden I wound up in a police station. I mean, it was really, I was, you know, but then one person saw me and told my father. A guy stopped me on the street as a Hare Krishna. And somehow he knew about me. He said, why don't you speak to your father? And my parents would come to the temple. And uh, he'd visit every Wednesday or something. But Krishna, you know, it, it's just natural when you have young people and you create a society and no one, like when, I remember when Satsrup Maharaj wrote an article, he wrote an article that he was 40 years old. I said, oh my God, how can someone be so old, 40 years old? I just remember 40 years old. How can anybody be 40 years old? Like old people, like 32. So it was just such a, a different oh my God. world. Because you don't start, we're not trained, we're not mature. You know, it takes time. Maturity takes time. Balance takes time. You know, one way or another. So it was a whole different world. You had to be in the temple. There was no congregation. Prabhupada didn't even promote congregation. There was no congregation. No congregation. And everyone that walked in that door, they had to join. Interesting. Okay. You, Kings Plaza. Okay. Kings, Kings Plaza. County. And you just left. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Great. Okay. Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Amalata Rada. Haribo, where Hare are you? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Okay. Well, I don't, okay, I don't know. Good to see you. Can you see me? Nice to see you, Maharaj. I, I wanted to ask you something. You were saying yeah. uh, maturity takes time. So yeah. maturity in relations takes more time, I guess. So when we talk about our relationship with God, does that mean that because we got into Krishna consciousness like me so late in life, that means that I have like, you know, I won't be able to make it? First of all, there's no late in life because it doesn't start in this life. So someone who's coming later may have been around more times than someone who's coming younger. There may be someone who's born in the movement that's not as evolved as someone who just walks in the door at the age of 40. 
it depends because it Prabhupada said no one comes to Krishna consciousness without some connection to it. So we don't really look at it in, 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 in that way. And in terms of maturity, etc., um, it's all surrender. And that can be done in a moment. <laughs> mm. So it, yes. I, I would put it like that. And yeah, that's why we study. We don't have to be scholars, but we study, we ask questions, we go from different angles. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's why we um, discuss things, have gurus, questions, answers, you know, to just get a, a balanced understanding of what is Krishna consciousness. And you can get it wrong either way. You know, you can make it such that it's, it's it, 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 this is so important. What's, what's actually said, this is very important. It says, um, this verse, the seriously inquisitive, you need faith and you need thoughtfulness. And it says that thoughtfulness means that you have to inquire and get your doubts cleared. And it says that, um, that's why we have spiritual. That's why we have spiritual teachers, because if we don't inquire, we'll misunderstand Krishna consciousness. We'll think it's either karma, which is material activities, or again, we'll think it's either karma or again. We won't understand bhakti. Bhakti is not renunciation. Bhakti is not indulgence. And the example is given. In the verses Lord Brahma heard the Vedas three times before he understood that the essence of re, uh, the essence of the Vedas, the essence of the Vedas is bhakti. Because the first time he heard all the Vedas, it was all gyan. It was all, um, it was all karma. There's so many rituals in the Vedas. He said, oh, the Vedas must be, you know, ritualistic activities. But then he thought very carefully this doesn't make sense because it seems material. So he asked Lord Brahma, this doesn't make sense. Lord Brahma explained the Vedas again and it came out to, it came out to Gan. Because then he saw the Upanishads, the philosophical. He said, well, this doesn't make sense that the essence of spiritual life is just negative and renunciation. He explained it again. So it says that if you don't get your doubts cleared, you will misunderstand bhakti as either karma or Gan. And at the beginning of Krishna consciousness, the devotees misunderstood bhakti as gan. They, they, they thought it was renunciation. You take sannyas, you're more advanced. Rihastas are, are, are not spiritual. Women are, you know, this. It, it just oh, yeah. it, it, it just wasn't deeply understood. And then there was a reaction to it. And then people thought it was like karma you know, just work outside and just, you know, so it takes some time. And that's why there has to be dialectic. There has to be doubts raised. Look, Arjuna, Arjuna didn't understand Krishna consciousness. He thought that it was, he thought it was again, renunciation. Let me go to the forest. I have a problem. Let me take the spiritual life. Let me leave everything. So he also didn't understand. That's what I'm saying. It mm. takes some effort. Okay. Thank you. Haribo. Thank you, Maharaj. Haribo. Anybody?
Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Tota Gopinath here. Kishori Radha and Priya. Okay, Haribo. We're gonna have a program. We're gonna have a program on the 26th at Jai Shri Radhe's. Yes, we're very excited for that. I am too. I'm bringing Rasik Mohan. Anybody else? Oh, Haribo. Uh, Haribo. Nice to hear from you, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the rice farm. Narmasaki, Haribo. Uh, Haribo, Guru Maharaj. Why don't you uh, make Lick talk to me this week? Catch up. Okay. okay. Thank, you. Thank you. I was going okay. to ask you. Thank you so much. No, let's talk. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Surya Radhika Devi Dasi here. Those kirtans you were having in Iran were beautiful. That was great with Nityangi and yourself and others. And... We're just missing you, Maharaj. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to come. Yeah. One day, hopefully. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anything else? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, this is Brajarade. Brajarade, Hari Bo. I Hare. think before the summer ends, I certainly must come over there again. Sure, Maharaj. We had such nice times there. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Thank you for Okay. Either you or Tota, I think I'm, I'm, I'm I think after the wedding, uh, I think Jack will pick me up, but I'm going to go back to New Jersey. So I'll probably need to lift the Rathiatra. Yeah, you whatever. Guys, okay. Uh, let me, let me know what time you think you're leaving. Okay. Okay. We'll yeah. Or up. you let me know what time you would like to leave and we can work it that way. I'm, yeah. an early, I'm an early guy. It's once a year thing. <laughs> okay. <Some> spontaneous. They <laughs> all say hello. Hare Krishna Maharaj, it's Missy. I think um, Gail had said exactly what I was going to say between taking me back to uh, some Yiddish expressions and then asking a, a question I was already thinking. So thank you for class, Maharaj. I could listen to that story over and over. Well, these are two born and bred New Yorkers who especially like the story. I'm wondering if it has a more universal appeal. <laughs> okay. Missy, what borough are you from? Uh, Queens. Queens, yes, see, same. Okay, yeah. anybody else? Okay, Haribo, why don't you go put your bishop?